Welcome to another edition of Coffee Cast with Cation. Mike Cation joined by Tim Smeechek. Coffee Cast is sponsored by New Balance. I also want to make sure we thank one of our latest supporters on Patreon, Lori Will Young. I believe you know Lori from down in Tallahassee yeah. over the years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lori's been a big supporter of, oh, cool. of what we've been doing, so we appreciate Lori actually buying our coffee today. Uh, Tim, you, you, Lori. you have brought us to a coffee shop near your hotel. You are one of those guys who likes to scope things out pretty well. Uh, tell us about where you brought us here today. Uh, we're at a place called Two Birds, One Stone. Um, and I have been staying at the same uh, Airbnbs, or on the on this street at least for the last uh, three or four years. Um, kind of mostly because of this little cafe. It's one of my favorites in the world. Uh, and um, yeah, great coffee, great food, and and um, somewhat of a regular here. So, do they know your order at this point? They do. They do. I switch it up on them every once in a while just to, you know, keep them on their toes. But uh, they usually have my uh, my coffee waiting for me when I come in the morning. They call it down here. So in Australia, they do kind of a little more espresso than than uh, the, they call it filter coffee. Um, but I always do the filter, and, and uh, they call it a batch brew. Where they make like the you know, like a pot of coffee, they call that a batch brew. Okay. Yeah, so I got my batch brew. I've been very proud. I've been going flat white, so I feel a little bit more cultured than uh, just the American latte, latte. type yeah. of a situation. Yeah, they, they don't really know what you're talking about if you say latte. I have a place, it's right by my Airbnb, called Fadi's, okay. which is actually all gluten-free. Is somebody who's been gluten-free for 15 years. Nice. For, for Rajiv Ram, who's actually going to be on the podcast a little bit later this week, I'm the first person he knew who was actually legitimately gluten-free. All right. Uh, but yeah, they, they have the same thing. They know my order, and they make an American latte for me. Oh. It's very sweet. They, you know, the people down here are pretty awesome. They really are. Uh, it's it's a, They always call it the happy slam, and I always thought that was just a joke until I actually got here. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's really a lot of fun. How do you feel about the fact that you and I are the last two Americans left here? Everybody That's not else true, is, is it? Everybody else has just no. lost in the first round and gone home. And yeah, it was kind of a kind of a tough first two days for the Americans. But they're you know, uh, Query's still in it. Um, Mackie McDonald, Sangren, Kudla, like there's there's still a few of us left. <laughs> it's a uh, it's you've been the last American standing before in a Grand Slam. What's what is that feeling like? You, I mean, I imagine there's just this anger in some way, shape, or form that you're just getting all this media attention placed on you for something that really has nothing to do with you. No, um, I mean when that happened to me at the U.S. Open, it was it was kind of a cool experience just because. Um, it was a little bit more attention, but but uh, in New York, the, the crowds just got behind me a little bit more than, than normal. So that was, you know, that was a lot of fun. Um, you never, you know, want that to happen because you want your your compatriots to do well. Um, but uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, if, if that happens, so be it. Um, if 
I know yesterday you also had Tennis Sandgren going out right at the same time. I actually happened to be down in the lobby while you guys both got called to court. Um, you saw him get his first win yesterday. I don't know if you talked to him afterwards. Do you remember your first Grand Slam win and, and what that feeling, what that emotion was like? Yeah, I, I do. Um, it was it was actually against another American, unfortunately. It was... Uh, uh, I qualified for the U.S. Open. I want to say it was in 2012, maybe. Okay. Um, and... Uh, Bobby and I had a, a long, tough five-setter, um, and it that was a really cool moment for me. My actually, my my mom and uh, and sister were in New York for it, so it's a little extra special. But um, yeah, Sang got that done pretty convincingly yesterday. Yeah. Do you do you still have the same emotion when you come to a Grand Slam at this point, or, or can you compare? your emotion at that, that first Grand Slam at the U.S. Open versus how you felt maybe three or four days ago here? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure you get used to it a little bit, but I also think um, you, I've probably gotten a little better at managing uh, those emotions um, at a big tournament like this. Uh, obviously, you know, you're, you're excited to to play at a slam and especially here this is always uh, some of our a lot of the players favorite ones um, but uh, I, think, I think it's just managing it and, and figuring out a way to kind of treat it like any other match but do you consider yourself especially with, with the last couple of years that you've had some of the ups some of the downs do you have a different appreciation for it I, I always appreciated it. Yeah, I, I didn't ever, you know, get jaded or anything like that. Uh, I, I've never had a problem appreciating it. And I, luckily, I've been kind of, you know, I haven't been immune to to the ups and downs, and, and I've been very, very aware that the last two years, you know, haven't haven't quite been up to my standard, but I saw uh, a tweet yesterday that that was my first uh, main draw Grand Slam win in, in two years, and thinking about it, like, yeah, I guess that's true, I, had, <laughs> I guess I forgot, which I'm thankful for, but, um, but yeah, I haven't, I haven't ever had any, any trouble uh, appreciating. You, you and I talked when, when we talked in November, um, just about how you, you, you know, you didn't know if this coming year, 2018, would be the last potential year for you, and, and obviously I'm not asking you to hold you to anything here in terms of when you might retire or what have you, but as you approach this year and you're approaching this Grand Slam and then French and Wimbledon, do you look at it as it is possibly the last time you have this experience? Yeah, you have to. Um, that I think that's another thing that I've maybe gotten a little better at is, is um, you know, I, I'm, I've been playing very well and so I'm really trying to, you know, as my dad would say, make hay while the sun shines because, <laughs> you know, I, I know that it's it's kind of fleeting and, and I, you know, you, you don't play well all that often throughout the year. So um, trying to make the most of it and, and kind of on the same um, same note 
you know, especially these big tournaments. Uh, if it's kind of in the back of my mind, and, and if I, um, you know, if if this did if this did happen to be my last Australian Open, I'd kind of just want to make the most of it. So yeah, it, it has been in the in the back of my mind a little bit. You're uh, you're blowing up this morning. I, I know you've been getting back and forth with Craig Boynton among among others, uh, which which does lead me to this this thought. What's it like in terms of how, how you and other players help each other in those moments? How you help other coaches uh, scout for other players? How, is that is that a pretty open thing? I mean, do you keep it only to Americans? Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I I, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't scout against an American. Um, okay. I definitely have a couple of guys that I'm close with. Uh, CB and I have been, you know, real close friends for a long time since I was really young, actually. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's it's you know, if somebody, one of my buddies, wants a game plan or, or wants to ask me about uh, somebody that I've played, I'm usually pretty open about it. And do you have the ability, do you think you could be a commentator? Uh, in, in I think everybody thinks they could be a commentator. Um, I know that I get really frustrated sometimes watching TV when, um, you know. Uh, yeah, we just a couple more minutes, thanks. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I know everybody gets frustrated when they're watching a match on TV and, you know, a commentator points out something obvious and, you know, you roll your eyes and then you remember that you have to be talking and saying something at all times. Thank you. Um, so I, I know, I recognize how tough that can be. So I'm not saying I could be, um, but I, I enjoy watching tennis matches and talking about them. So, and you're a pretty analytical guy. I, I know that. Um, I was having this discussion with somebody actually last week. And this, this might be kind of an abstract thought. Do you think it is better to be an intelligent human being or one who's a little bit aloof and dumb when it comes to being a tennis player? Did you, did you, did you ever watch um, the Faraday show on Golf Channel? No. David Faraday? Um, so Phil Mickelson got himself in a little bit of trouble because uh, he said something to that effect. He said, to be good at golf, you have to either be really, really smart or really, really dumb. And people were like, oh, is so-and-so dumb or is so-and-so <laughs> dumb? Or, um, but I think, yeah, I definitely think there's something to that, you know. Um, you see kind of, uh, you see some younger guys come out and, um, like play really big and big moments or, or play with a lot of risk and that yeah. sort of stuff and uh, it's almost like they're they're too dumb to know any better like right. they're, they're too dumb to know that they should be tight at right. this point or something right. like that um, but yeah I mean it's, it, it's a good thing because you know they, the being tight is never good <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think uh, it's, never, it's never a bad thing to be smart. 
I, I have seen some people who are a little bit, I think, too smart for their own good sure. and actually think too much. Yeah, yeah. Um, and in fact, I've, have, I've talked to Tennis Sangren yeah. about that very thing, about how he's overanalyzing too yeah. much yeah. at certain moments, and I think he's gotten better at kind of compartmentalizing. Sure. And I think that's the big issue, isn't it? Compartmentalizing and learning. Yeah, and I, I don't think it's all, I don't think it's too much being too smart. It's, maybe just thinking too much yeah overanalyzing because that's you know that can be paralyzing too getting back to this experience in Melbourne I obviously have seen your wife here over the last couple of days um, are, are you is the plan is the thought to try to bring her along a couple of times to some of these slams this year again just in case this happens to be the last go round um, we, she was going to do a little more traveling this year um, you know she we moved to Dallas, so she quit her job. She's in between uh, jobs right now, so it's kind of a, a good time for that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so she's here, and, and um, she'll definitely come to a few this spring, and, and um, yeah, we'll see. How do you balance, when you when you do have your wife uh, on, the, on the road, how do you balance wanting to make sure you spend time with her and make sure her time is is a positive one with also making sure you need to take care of business and I know she's very good about knowing you've got business to handle. Sure. The, yeah, there was definitely an adjustment period for that um, after we got married. Um, not so much because she would... It, it was more that I was kind of worried that she was entertained or... or whatever but actually this this trip was really nice because she's been spending a lot of time with uh, uh, with John Isner's wife and mm -hmm. Kevin Anderson's wife and, uh, Steve Johnson's fiance so um, she's she's making friends on the tour which is nice for her so I've had a lot of time in the media tent I know this was something we talked about a little bit when we talked back in November just this this idea that there's that lack of respect for journeymen and I noticed uh, during the media ceremony, or the, the draw ceremony last Thursday, I believe you were referred to as uh, Smychek. <laughs> uh, and then yesterday you were just Tom, Tim, Terry, yeah, all of those types of things. How much do those things bother you now, uh, especially when you're at the, the higher level as opposed to the when we talked in, in Knoxville in, in November? Well, the the Tom, Terry, and Travis that was that was actually really funny. The the um, what, what do they call those those Aussie fans? Those, those they were they were trying to get in my head a little bit, and it, honestly, it was it was kind of funny. Uh, I've been called a lot worse than Tom, so. <laughs> uh, but actually, yesterday I had to laugh. Yeah. Um, I saw that I, Joey, our friend, the tennis yeah, nerds, yeah. mentioned that. Yeah, so I, I hit like a, a return winner, and it was kind of like uh, it was it was close to the line, so it was silent because I think everybody didn't know if it was in or out. Yeah, and so dead silent. And the one guy says, "Did, did you hear that? Nothing. <laughs> Nobody's cheering for you." I just I, I laughed for a good five seconds. Um, but they're they're good sports, and and um, you know they they came up to me after. Uh, the match and shook my hand and everything. It, yeah. That's the, the nice thing about the Aussie fans. Is there, it was, you know, a little bit of a Davis Cup atmosphere, but 
you know, they cheer at the right times and, and respectful after like a double fault or stuff, yeah. stuff like that. So it's, um, but to your point, um, I, I think the the word journeyman just kind of gets thrown out pretty casually. And I, I think I heard like Victor Troiki called it a journeyman the other day, and, and that guy's been certainly top. 30, maybe even higher. Um, I think actually Kyrgios called him a journeyman. Uh, might, you might be right. Um, so, I don't know. I, I, I guess you can't take too much uh, stock in that. Uh, I, I think, you know, it's very rare to see um, commentators uh, really do their homework. Uh, like like you do, uh, I, for one, I, one of the first times I saw it, I saw Robbie Koenig, Koenig, Koenig uh, doing really studying up last week in Auckland, which you know I was impressed by, but you don't see it often. So um, you know, uh, not on center court at every slam every week, and so you know it would make sense for commentators to be more comfortable, you know, watching a, a Fed or a Nadal match, and, and, you know, frankly, that's, those are the ones that they're going to see more, but, um, kind of got to let it roll off your back. Yeah, how, how do you learn to do that? I mean, there, there's so many things, going back to the idea of being smart or being stupid, I hate saying stupid, that doesn't seem like it's the right thing to say, but... How do you learn as you grow, as you mature, what things are important, what things are not in terms of your, not only how you play, but also just some of those external things, um, yeah, being, being called a journeyman, things like that. How, how do you learn that? It's probably a maturity thing, um, but also, you know, that, <laughs> Maybe a humility thing too. I, I've had plenty of uh, plenty of opportunities in my career to to feel very humble, um, and so it's, that's something you get used to. And, and it's, it, it's uh, you just have to put things into perspective. Um, my life's pretty good right now. I'm making a good living and playing tennis, and, and uh, you know. It's, some point that's got to be enough for you, you know. Yeah. Still, you still want to win matches and and you know kind of get to the point where no one would call you a journeyman. But you know, I also a lot of the times commentators don't know what the heck they're talking about. Yeah. You know. Believe me, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know all too well. <laughs> we have to. Full time at, at yeah, certain moments, right, Tim. Right. It, it happens. Uh, when, when's the last time you got recognized on the street? Does that happen to you? Uh, I think we talked about that time in Sacramento was really yeah. But it hasn't. It doesn't happen here. No. Do you think if you walked through the grounds of Melbourne Park without your bag, without the, your kit on? Do you think you'd just be able to walk around scot-free? Oh, for sure, yeah. Really? Yeah. I mean, there were probably only a couple hundred people at my match yesterday. Yeah. Um, so maybe a couple hundred people would have recognized me, but the other ones, you know. That doesn't, like, you don't think, like, 
It doesn't bother you at all? No, it's great. I mean, yeah. you look at, like, you look at Roger or Rafa, they can't go anywhere. Yeah. You know, I'd probably change places with them <laughs> if I could have their bank account, too. But, yeah, I mean, like, they can't, they can't do anything. Yeah. And, and so that, not at all. You're, you're good with it. Yeah, I'm great with it. Yeah. Anonymity is a good thing. Sure. Uh, okay. This is this is the point of the the cast, especially since I've got to actually I've actually got to go to work today. Uh, Have fun. Um, good luck to live. Hope, open book for you. What are what are the things that are important towards you here that that maybe people aren't aren't quite aware of? This is open book time for Tim Smichek to get things off your chest. Because uh, you, you were, I, I gotta say, and I, I, I'm appreciative of the fact that. Go ahead. My wife's coming down right now, so we'll, we'll just wait for her. Thanks. You, you don't have the opportunity too much to, to get to speak. So, what are the things you want to have the opportunity that fans get to know about Tim Smeechek? Oh, I don't know. The hair is getting quite long, by the yeah, way. Yeah, like I'm, I'm gonna get a I'm gonna get a haircut today. You and Tennis Sangren have like flip flopped on that hairstyle. No, no, it's no, unbelievable. That no, I, <laughs> you won't see me in a, in a pony anytime soon. Um, gosh, I, nothing nothing really comes to mind. Um, you seem content, like. I, I know when we talked in November, there was still a little bit of stress as you were kind of making that push and hoping to get the wild card for, for Melbourne. But in seeing you the last couple of days and just briefly talking on the grounds and here today, you seem completely at peace with where you are in the world. I, well, and I'm not sure that's such a good thing because, um, you know, it, it can't get too comfortable or complacent so but I, I don't mean that in a complacent way yeah I just mean you're you're comfortable with with where you're at and and how you're playing and and the understanding of of your place in the tennis world which is I think actually a pretty positive thing yeah well um, I, I guess I'm, I'm understanding more um, why certain things happen on the court you know I, I if I miss a ball, I'm I'm, I'm now kind of uh, able to understand why. So yeah. that's, that's uh, a good thing, and that's actually been you know kind of calming too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but like I said, I, I don't want to get complacent. I I know that um, you know when you when your ranking is in a spot where you're getting into these things and not having to qualify it's for me it's it's a little easy to just get comfortable so um hopefully going to try and avoid that and, and just kind of keep climbing do you think you will be playing a fair mix of challengers or is it going to be trying to make the most of the atp opportunities while you can yeah i still you know in my in my heart i i kind of don't um I've always felt like in, in, in my, you know, my career may say different, different, but I've always felt like a, like a tour player rather than a challenger player. I know that I play my best tennis at tour events instead of challengers. Yeah. Actually, 
uh, this last fall, we were, like the first time ever that I, I won a challenger actually playing well. Yeah. I, I never felt like I played well. Interesting. Or, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, ultimately the, the tour events are where you want to be, and that's kind of why, that's the point of the challengers, is to, you know, as a stepping stone. So as long as my uh, ranking, uh, you know, permits, I'll, I'll play as many tour events as I can. Real quick, before I let you go, Rajiv Ram's going to be next. You've, you've spent a lot of time with Raj over the years. Uh, your thoughts on what he's been able to do in his career. Uh, it, I, I think, and maybe you might disagree, I think he's one of the, the players who were, was most adversely affected by all the technology changes sure. yeah, uh, sure. early in, in his career, your career as well. And, yeah. and yet he still managed to put together a fantastic career for himself yeah. with still more years to go. Sure. Yeah, well, I mean, he <laughs> he was ready to retire twice that I know of. Yeah, um, me too. So, yeah, gosh, good for him. Um, and he's one of the best doubles players in the world now. So I, he's got many more years of doing that if he, if he wants to. So, um, yeah, pretty impressive. He, he's kind of, he, you're right, he figured a way to, you know, through scheduling and, and whatnot to to be at tournaments that were that were good for his game and, and um, you know all the more power to him. Alright, well thank you for joining us on the coffee cast and I really do agree with you now that this is one of the best cities in the world for Absolutely. coffee. It's taken me some time to learn that, but yeah it's it's pretty damn good. If you get a morning to yourself, yeah there's a place not too far from here. It's, okay. it's a little bit of a walk, that's why I don't go there every day, but it's called Top Paddock. Paddock? Yeah, Top Paddock. Okay. And uh, coffee's just as good as here, but the, the breakfast is inside of this world. I gotta take advantage of my per diem over at Melbourne Park. I mean, I don't, you, you know how it is for the commentators. We uh, On the challenger level, there's no per diem. Yeah. I mean, I gotta use every cent that I got over there. Well, like, you mean on-site? Yeah. They, they aren't allowing like to-go boxes this year, so that's what makes it tough. Oh, I get I get a to-go box. You do? Yeah. They wouldn't let me. They they wouldn't give me a to-go box. I wanted well, well, to take so a salad the, to go. You're in the players oh, area. Okay. I'm a, yeah. I'm in the oh, media okay. area. Okay. Yeah, I, How's it up there? It's pretty, yeah. pretty okay. Good. Yeah. Yeah, you're gonna. I mean, you'll need it for that Zoomer and and Milman match today. Yeah, I think I'm gonna be looking at four hours plus. It very well could be. Yeah. That's something exciting for me. We don't get five setters down at the lower levels, do we? Not as much. Tim, thank you as always. Thanks, Mike.